This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant tout bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas pensé que c'est ton si bon. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, night fans? It's Tuesday, December 1st. What a week. Moo's birthday week, actually. Happy early birthday to Money Moo. Going to be 32. Um, On today's show, we recap the wild USF game. Also, huge news with Mackenzie Milton. Uh, not suiting up. Is he going to transfer? What's the deal? We'll talk about that for a while. Basketball season has officially started. The first game was canceled, and the second, well, now the first real game is actually going on as we record this, so we'll talk about that a little bit later. We've got breaking news on Marlon Williams. We go through the Raymond James game day experience, do a little season recap, Talk some bowl games. Obviously, first watch, fresh take winner. Uh, meanwhile, to the West, I guess that's kind of redundant. And we have a new segment, and we'll get to that later. Like always, Money Moves Picks, Moves Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo, UCF, fresh off a piping hot Thanksgiving feast. Traveled down everyone's favorite road. 80 miles to the west to arrive in South Florida? (laughs) Raymond James Stadium at 25% capacity felt more alive than a normal 100% capacity USF home game. Dylan Gabriel threw for 336 yards and four touchdowns with senior star Jacob Harris catching three of them. The Bulls had their best offensive game of the year behind quarterback Jordan McLeod with a season high of pretty much everything. And two... (laughs) Two 100-yard rushers, Kelly Joyner and Bryden Batie, neither of whom have even sniffed a 100-yard game all year. Through a roller coaster of emotions, the Knights still pulled out the victory 58-46 to for their fourth consecutive win in the series. We had two 100-yard rushers of our own. Just want to mention that. Um, by the way, new segment alert. It's called Geography, Pro- Geography Probs. We'll get to that later. Um, Okay, so where to start? Well, I paid for a blowout, and it said we got a heck of a good football game. Um, it, it was awesome it, in a bad way, but it was very entertaining. Absolutely. I only went to two games this year, and I know, shame on me. I went to the first one, Georgia Tech, and now the last one, Dude, you've been work, you've been working like 14, 15-hour days, man. I Just know. the fact that we're it, doing a podcast. No, no shame in that at all, dude. It's been crazy, but I guess, I I don't know. I'm not used to having the other team score so much. <laughs> uh, Especially yeah. when we're playing USF. Um, you know, obviously me and you were there in 2007, the infamous 64-12 to beatdown oh. that uh, USF gave to us. But, um, yeah, this one just felt off. Like, it, it felt very weird. Of course, we were out, or up. Uh, of course, we were without leading receiver Marlon Williams and leading rusher Otis Anderson. So it was kind of tough. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the pregame stuff first, and then we'll we'll dive into the game. A bunch of news kind of rolled out close to game time. Obviously, the big storyline coming into the game, which we talked about all week, was Mackenzie Milton. Uh, you know, we thought this would be the perfect cap on everything. He should start the game, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, looking back, I think that was very naive of us. And obviously, hindsight's twenty twenty. But even – and I'm going to read his quote that he put out, his statement. But, I mean, when you think about it, I, I don't know. I think we we as fans – we wanted it for us as fans. And I said all last week, I said the only way this doesn't happen is if he doesn't want to do it. And it's pretty clear that he didn't want to do it. And I can't blame him one bit. I mean, when, when you kind of think about it. So let me read this statement. I haven't suited up all year and I don't see the point in going out there today for sentimental reasons. For me, I don't want to go out there until 100% playing at a high level. So there's no rush for me to get back out there on the field. That's been the basis of me suiting up all year. Am I 100% right now and I'm not? Right. I think he couldn't have said it better. And he couldn't have said it better. Look, I go back to thinking of how this game ended up being. And, you know, as far as like risking injury, obviously there's always risk and injury with football. But a more or less meaningless game other than the rivalry, uh, especially with, you know, everything that's going on. And if he himself said he wasn't 100%, I wouldn't want to put uh, 80% KZ out there just so everyone can clap. And, you know, he's not that kind of guy. You're right. You hit the nail on the head. It's a meaningless game. For us, sentimentally, it was huge. Like, we're all going to cry, whatever. But, like, for him, like, it, it's kind of dumb. Like, why go out there from for some game it doesn't matter? That's not what he wants. Like, he wants to compete. Do you want to get into the KZ thing now, or should we? Let's do the game first, and then we'll talk about him more later. I think is what we should do. All right. So then the other big pregame news: Marlon Williams out. Now breaking news, actually breaking news. Marlon just declared for the NFL. I think is that what it said? Well, yeah, he can't transfer. He's a junior. I was just making sure, covering all the bases there. Marlon has declared. Cincinnati was his last game as a night. And can't blame him one bit. You know, looking back statistically, he was close to the top 12, 13 in touchdowns, receptions, and receiving yards in only eight games when a normal season is 12 or 13, depending on conference championship. One of the top receiving single seasons in UCF Knights history. So thank you, Marlon, for your time here. And I can't wait to see him on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too big of a surprise. I've been saying pretty much all year that he was NFL ready. Um, Just gave us his one year, you know, to really shine and be the standout star. You know, him on the same team with Gabe Davis, Traquan Smith. Um, it was kind of hard for him to really break out and be the guy. Well, and he was, um, he was, he was a year younger than all these guys too. So it was kind of like he was just waiting for his chance, which because everyone was a year and a year and a year older, it took him a while, but he was patient. You know, we talked, you talked about this last week. He was patient. He waited his turn. And when his number was called, he took full advantage. Yeah. And I think he's, he's going to do well, um, in the NFL have to check. I really want to go back and watch some more of his games this year. There's a few that I need to rewatch. 
but I definitely think he is draftable. Oh, 100%. Uh, dude, we're wide receiver you, man. We just keep cranking him out. I love it. Some other shocking pregame news. Otis Anderson tested positive for COVID. Very unfortunate situation, but he is doing okay. And I think he got it from a family member, so it wasn't like a team-type deal. That really stinks for him. I don't know if we're going to see him again. I don't think he knows either. You know, I think he's going to go through the, you know, talk to the agents and whatever they're allowed to do and, and see what his best option is. But, I mean, he's done all he can at UCF. Four years and there's plenty of tape on him. I mean, I'd love for him to come back, but I think he's at risk of injury. And you're not going to see anything different. We know exactly who he is. What, what do you think about this? I just have a feeling that he's going to come back. I really think he's going to come back. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Honestly, and I hate to say this, I think if he comes back, I w- he won't do it, though. I was going to say he could, he could transfer. I just There's no benefit. To, like, What's he going to come back and prove? And if he, you can think he's an NFL player or not, But that's not going to change if he comes back. You get what I'm saying? He's maxed out what he can do it here. He's the only player ever to have 2,000 rushing yards and 1,000 receiving yards. We know exactly who he is. I mean, next season, who knows? It's still up in the air. I I don't know. Yeah, we we know who he is, but there's still a lot of, you know, outsiders that don't. Yeah, but another year is not going to change that. He's already been here for four. If they didn't notice him in four, they're not going to notice him in five. Anyway, let's move on to the actual game. I guess we got to start with the positives. Um, I'll go first. We won. What was your biggest takeaway? There's one. (laughs) Uh, I would have to say the wide receiver depth. Uh, It's just incredible, uh, this group of guys that we have as receivers, even without Marlon. Obviously, Marlon is our number one guy. But um, Trey Nixon coming back, I didn't realize how much we would actually miss him. Um, until he wasn't here. Until he wasn't here. Great game. Jacob Harris, probably game of his career. Has he ever had three touchdowns in a game? I don't think so. I don't think so. There's no couple way. couple of long bombs and uh, he had a couple he... nice catches, too. Not just his normal, like, over-the-shoulder basket catch. No, some some real good ones. <laughs> Started off with a signature drop, but he got that out of the way early. And honestly, that was on some dumb play across the middle. For me, it's for me. I got to go with Dylan Gabriel. Uh, I think he had one of the best games of his career. Maybe not statistically, according to Pro Football Focus, he graded out as a ninety-four point nine, which is elite. Um, he's only had two other games graded as elite. That was twenty twenty Tulane and twenty nineteen Houston both at 90.1, 90.4. This was a 94.9, so he was almost perfect. He really stood out to me. He made some huge plays on fourth down and, I mean, really just solidified himself as, you know, the guy. I mean, I, I, I think he's going to have lots of NFL chatter going into next year, and, um, you know, I don't think we win this game without him. I mean, unless, obviously, we have KZ playing. But, <laughs> you know, the offense overall – you can only expect him to score so much. And 
I'm not trying to get to the negatives ahead of time, but it's such a weird balance because it's like, okay, the offense scores 58 points, but we have these three and outs that are so quick. And the defense plays over 100 snaps, which is unreal. Like most defenses only play 70 snaps. So who's to blame? Is it like, I mean, the defense, I've said it all season, if you keep giving a team the ball back, they're going to figure out how to move it against you. But what do you want the offense to do at the same time? They scored 58 points. I don't know. I don't know. What What are your thoughts on that whole thing? Well, I think there's no other defense in the country that should be as conditioned as our defense. We're playing against this offense in practice day in and day out. So they should be used to this pace of play, used to being you know, back on the field quickly. That Yeah, I know the three and outs suck. And they don't last very long in drives. But that is our offense. I don't know what else to do. Like, this is who we have as our coach. This is the plays that are going to be called. We scored 58 points. Yeah. Clearly it works. It just sucks because, like, I mean, the defense is I'm – looking, I'm looking through these, these drives here. So, you know, we're up 31-14 at halftime. Good. The entire second half. Our first five drives are a minute 25 or less. And all of a sudden, we're punting and they have the ball. So we've literally had the ball for six minutes in a combined six possessions. And USF has the ball and then play the game. One of, one of the plays of the game, Devad Wilson, strip fumble, where he just like ripped the ball out of the guy's hand. I thought it was all over right before that play. Like, I mean, they had a chance to tie it up, and you know they weren't going for one. They were going for two. It's it's ins- bastards. It's insane. And, I mean, now there's nine minutes left in the fourth, but, I mean, all of a sudden, this had the feelings of a 2017 all of a sudden. Like, yeah. this was – we went from blowout – I mean, come on, we're up 28 to 7, and I'm just like, oh, this is how it should be, to they have a chance to tie it with the ball on the you know they're on their own 37 and uh no we we shut that down right away got back up scored stopped them on down scored again game over they they scored some meaningless touchdown with a couple seconds left uh and that was it some other positives so this so this really i wanted to just tell ucf fans some of the younger ucf fans that this reminds me of the 2013 war on i4 Number 19 UCF, 10 or 9 and 1 against a 2 and 8 USF team. We were 28 and a half point favorites against USF. This game came down to the final seconds. So we're down 20 to 16 with about five minutes left. And I mean, this is horrible. Like, our only loss all year was to like number five South Carolina, and yep. we were going to go to the conference championship and go to. Oh no, we didn't even have a conference. No, we didn't. Championship all we had game. to do, all we had to do was win out. We controlled our destiny at this point, and we would have went to the Fiesta Bowl. This was so our one without, year in a power conference, by the way. Kind of a big deal. And with four minutes and fifty seconds left, I can remember it just like it was yesterday. Blake Bortles to Brashad Perryman, fifty-two yards, right into my lap. I used to sit in that side on that side of the stadium and um, the game wasn't over then. We were up three and USF was driving 
they actually had the ball like on our 39 yard line. So creeping up to field goal range to tie it. With a minute left. I mean, unreal. This team is two and eight. 28 point dogs. And um, late interception by the great Jordan Ozerites had to seal the deal. But good Lord, man. This, this had every making of it. Same thing. We were 25 and a half point da- favorites. David and Goliath. This past week. Yeah. It just, it's, for some reason, it's like a rivalry thing. Like it is. Just throw all the stats out the window. Like anybody can win a rivalry game, no and, matter what. And, and that's okay too. Like we're giving our team a break for this. It's okay. It's a rivalry game. Like the Bulls were one and seven coming in, but their whole season would have been okay if they if they beat us. Like that saves the entire season. That makes the entire season. So you know they were giving us everything. Um. And it's okay that it was close. You know, I think the best way to describe this game, this was like 2017 scoring and drama combined with the 2013 David versus Goliath kind of narrative, I think is the best way to put it. Real quick, was this the second or third best Warren I-4 game ever? Um, Probably the third. So obviously the first was 2017. Yeah. The second was 2013. Just because, you know, us winning made it to the Fiesta Bowl. That was also the... Well, we had one more game, but yeah. That was also the Frozen game. The coldest UCF game I've ever been to. It was in like the 30s. Oh, dang. I mean, (laughs) so that we we can blame the scoring on that. See, it's not fair for me because I didn't go to that game. But this last one is number two on my list. Just because I did obviously watch the 13 game. It was so boring. So when you factor in entertainment, which is kind of part of my rankings, and also me being there, which makes me biased, I put this at number two. Uh, That doesn't really matter, though. Uh, Moving on, a couple more positives. Amari Johnson, you you talked about this to me at the game. He looks solid returning kicks, special teams. Nothing on notice at all, but it's good to know that we've got someone great stepping in and filling in his shoes next season. Would you agree? Absolutely. You know, a lot of young guys, too, got some playing time uh, in this game. Of course, Ryan O'Keefe, I'll be very excited to watch him for the years to come. Um, and as well, Josiah's Cradle, who... Stretch. I really think, yeah, I mean, that's a solid core. You know, J- Jalen Robinson isn't going anywhere. I think he's only Is he? a sophomore. Is this he? year? No, he was a freshman in Oklahoma. He sat out sophomore year. This is his junior year. I'm just oh, saying. He's going to come back. I hope so. I hope so. I'm just saying it's not a lock. Nothing is a lock, especially in 2020. Besides <laughs> mo- besides an official money move pick on the UCF spread. Who? Oh. Which, God, if you bet the spread, I'm sorry. Hey, first half, yeah, first half, first half covered easy. Cha-ching! Um, hey, I said it last week. Don't do it. <laughs> Another positive too, man. Landon Woodson's a baller, dude. Our defense. I don't know what's gonna happen, Randy Shannon. I can make a case to keep him, fire him, whatever. I, I don't think he's gonna come back, unfortunately. But Landon Woodson, three sacks, career game, and just so many guys stepping up on defense throughout this season. Plus, we get Kalia Davis back next year. 
it stinks we lost a lot of guys, but I'm hoping whether it's with a new coach or just new guys stepping up next year that we kind of have a different culture on the defense and we start playing more like lights out style. Um, but yeah, Landon Woodson, three sacks. I mean, him him with the trifecta, Harris with the trifecta, all good stuff. Um, I don't know. And you got anything else? What about the jerseys? Yay or nay on the jerseys? I thought the jerseys were nice. No, the USF jerseys, I meant. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, they were terrible. See, all right. I thought they were all, I thought they were nice besides the reflective helmet. The reflective helmet sucks. It just sucks. It didn't go with the it, It's like a different color. Jersey. Yeah. But I think the jerseys if they did a matte black helmet and they didn't suck like as a school just overall program. Uh I think the the highlighter green or whatever is pretty cool. What do you think about the stadium experience? It was my second game post covid so i felt like georgia tech had way more people in the stands well georgia tech was like technically sold out i don't think this game was oh okay but but yeah they had us pretty spaced out nice concessions almost no line bathroom no line raymond beer prices oh my god bro (laughs) how much was it i don't care a uh, twenty-five ounce ultra of fourteen fifty. Well, it's like two beers. Think of it as two twelve ounce beers for seven twenty-five each. No, I guess that's still expensive, <laughs> dude. Twelve ounce beer, especially when it's poured in a cup, is like nothing. Yeah, a twelve ounce ultra is like two sips. Water. <laughs> um. So you think four- I don't know. you think fourteen dollar beers, bad? Eight dollar smart water, and how many of those bad boys did I go through? I must have had like six. You had like six Dasani bottles <laughs> around you. Yeah, it was. It, I switched to the smart water. It was a better deal per ounce. Uh, did a little math. The no bottle cap rule is the stupidest rule. It's got to be the dumbest rule in the history of Earth. Because the one time I went to have one beer, I had my popcorn, popcorn loophole shout out. I had a water and I had a beer and I couldn't put the water in my pocket because she wouldn't give me the freaking lid. And I even tried to give them five bucks. Oh, by the way, don't even get me started. Whoa, this is a rant. Don't even get me started about the tipping. So I tipped like the first three times on the card because it was cashless. And on the fourth time, the chick was like, yo, don't tip. It doesn't go to us workers. It goes to USF. And I'm like, what? Whoa, really? Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that? Well, what was there a large sign that I missed there was somewhere? N- there was no sign. I maybe I I don't know. I got caught up in the moment. Didn't tell you. I ended up giving her cash, and in re- in exchange, I got the coveted bottle cap in return. But how how much BS is that, dude? They don't even tell you. So I donated. I don't know what's twenty percent of sixteen dollars for two waters. I I gave like ten dollars to that stupid ass school, and that's tricky, and that that's actually messed up. I'm going to report them to the Better Business Bureau because that is not better yeah, business. Awful. What's worse than better? That's worse business. No, that's seriously. All right. I'm kind of being facetious, but I'm kind of serious. That's actually messed up. When you add a tip on any kind of food or beverage purchase, you're expecting it goes to the hospitality worker. And it's fine if you want it to go to the school, but you got to disclose that somewhere. That's kind of messed up. Let's or just real. say, would you like to round up the change to the USF, I don't know, 
Jersey fund or yeah. something. And, and it's not only messed up because, look, honestly, don't whatever. The school's trying to raise money. That's cool. One, say something. But two, don't make people think they're paying the workers without paying the workers. Because finally, I started giving them a little cash because I felt bad because they deserve to get tipped, especially with COVID and everything going on. That's why I was tipping extra to begin with. Not and to it give was it all going to the USF. Oh, I'm ba- sad, this 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 is sad. not the end. I'm sm- I smell a class action lawsuit. I should have taken some pictures. Um, other than that, game day experience was awesome. I'm really glad we splurged for the club seats. I wouldn't have had it any other way. End zone's okay, but let's face it. And I'm in kind of the well. My season tickets are like on the goal line, but still, you watch half the game on the jumbotron. But at least when it's close, you get a good view. When it's close in the end zone view, it's kind of nice. I don't know. It, there's just nothing. Nothing beats being on like the 35 yard line or wherever we were at, especially 10, 15 rows up. Better than the first row because you can actually see what's going on. Yeah. Thank you, by the way. They oh, were yeah. great seats. You're welcome, man. Merry Christmas, Moo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for babysitting me throughout the season. Um, and being a great co-host. Uh, in other news, the sun is hot. Water's wet. <laughs> we picked the wrong side of the club seats, so well for the fir- first quarter we were we were baking. Oh, dude, the uh, I was <laughs> I could not stop watching the shadow. I'm like, all right, dude, it got over the midfield logo. It's creeping up to the yard line markers, and then all of a sudden it just like went away. But yeah, it was hot yeah. at first. But it, here's the thing: it was either that or be on the USF side, where we like definitely would have gotten in fights. <laughs> so yeah, for real i'll take it all right let's go back to Mackenzie milton we talked about his statement earlier we talked about you know the fact that clearly it meant more for us as fans and him as a person and i think i'm really starting to understand that whether he's 100 percent or not doesn't really matter um i think the writing's on the wall though are you with me yeah i mean He's not coming back to UCF, is what I'm saying. I mean, we could speculate all we want, but uh, I don't know. That's just my gut feeling that I don't think he'll be back next year. I think he's going to transfer. My guess would be Nebraska. My guess is... Just my guess. And that makes sense. You know where else makes sense? Ole Miss. Yep. A lot of UCF ties there. So we've got uh, one of the former front office guys, Dad Rivers, Dr. Dad Rivers, pardon me. We've got one of the UCF GOATs, Kevin Smith, as running backs coach, and former UCF offensive coordinator, Jeff Lebby, who was a huge favorite of the players, I'll say. And it was a big disappointment when he left I said last year that I thought he should have been the play caller. Um, Old Miss could be, definitely be a good fit. I mean, McKenzie, long-term, wants to be a coach, but he does want to try and make the NFL. And I actually saw a picture of him today where it looks like he's been bulking up a little bit. So I'm not saying anything for sure, but I think it's pretty clear he's going to transfer. He wants to start. He wants a chance to prove himself. And that's why he didn't play against USF. And that's why it all kind of makes sense to me. He wants to come back and, like, come back back. Not come back for the last game of the season. Yeah, it's a rivalry game, but so what? It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, now the anticipation and the hype of like his first game. The hype, for lack of a better. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, no, of so, course. I mean, dude, wherever he goes, I want the best for him. I, you know, I would feel really bad if our current quarterback sucked, but that's not the case. <laughs> You know, and we were waiting for McKenzie to come back. And if he came back, I'd love that. We'd have an elite backup. But it just doesn't make sense for him. He wants to start somewhere. And I can't blame him. I mean, you've been doing this your entire life. And as great as Dylan's been, and as happy for Dylan as I'm sure McKenzie's been, he's got to do what's best for himself. And the school's given him everything, but... I, he's not going to have a fair opportunity staying here next season. And I kind of start to see why Nebraska fans were showing up at UCF games because I tell you what, I will be at Mackenzie Milton's first game in Mississippi, Nebraska, Montana, Hawaii, you name it. I'll be there with whatever school shirt on and a UCF hat because I, I but, get it now. But yeah. will you know how to get there? Well, that's we'll all, talk about all of those states that you just named. I guarantee you cannot point at the map. I'm good. Yo, we should do the 50 states game where you have to name them all in like a certain amount of time. Uh, no, but seriously, I'll be there. Um, yeah, I, I just I kind of get you know, for me, this is like the Patriots fans with Brady leaving and rooting for the Bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's the same exact yeah, thing. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And you you can root for both, and it's like the chances of the Patriots and Bucks meeting in the Super Bowl are very rare. And that'd be like we talked about this last week. If Mackenzie Milton went to some SEC school, went six and six, and we end up in the Birmingham Bowl, which could happen, oh, but it could happen. Very but possible. It, but the chances are pretty unlikely, and that's probably the situation we're going to see. So. If he transfers, I'm wearing two hats next year because I don't know. I get it, man. He's like the Tom Brady of UCF for me right now, uh, especially, you know, with everything that's gone on with his injury and comeback and everything. I mean, you get, you can't do anything but just love and support the kid. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason. You know what? We're going to have a lot to talk about on these podcasts. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Breaking news here. It's coming. Still breaking as we speak. Is it bending? It's bending. The news it's is bending. bending. News. It's bending. Has it broken? I know. Just as fast as I can <laughs> click here. I know. I clicked something. Something is happening. I clicked something and it ended up on the roster. I type in UCF Auburn and you can imagine what comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got no stats. I've got nothing on the game. UCF has beaten Auburn though, sixty-three to fifty-five. The Knights win their first game of the season, off to a hot start. Got a bit of a tough stretch here. So our next few games at Michigan, at number ten Houston, at number twenty-two FSU, and then versus Cincinnati at home. We have the chance to be ranked really, really quickly, and. Unfortunately, because the game was going on as we were taping and there's literally no stats on it, we can't talk about it, but we won by eight. What do you think, Moo? 
Uh, you pretty much said it all. Now I'm excited to see is a bunch of new transfers, um, true freshmen starting for us, and uh, get to use that ESPN Plus subscription a little more. Yeah, it stinks we don't have Colin Smith. Obviously, he's got an underlying health issue and decided to sit out due to COVID, and uh, can't blame him for that. Wish him the best. Our conference, though, we've got a lot of good teams this year, and you know the conference championship is going to be wide open. Wichita State, Cincinnati, does Memphis come back? Um, we are a basketball conference. You can knock on football, not, you know, Power 5, whatever, but we are a good basketball conference, and fortunately, if we do well in our conference, we will get national recognition. Isn't that nice? Isn't that, it's so refreshing. Like we have, it is. We have so much control. We're not sitting there watching some dumbass ranking show every week, getting disappointed watching exactly what we think is going to happen actually happen um speaking of the first college football rankings actually just came out well yeah they came out this week by the time you're listening this the second ones might come out but cincinnati number seven kind of as expected byu number 14 i thought that was kind of bs but yeah it is what it is been there done that so not really surprised at the same time. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on the overall rankings? Yeah, I don't think there's any way that Cincinnati's going to make it in. BYU for sure, no. But there's just... They're going to pull some dumb shit where, like, Ohio State's going to make it in even though, like, all their games are canceled. They'll be, like, 5-0 and and they're still going to make it in. If, if one more game gets canceled for Ohio State and they have two left, they're ineligible for the Big Ten Championship. But still... Yeah, but what if all the other games get canceled, the Big Ten Championship? You know, and this leads me to something else is, clearly, so we've seen what's happened in the NFL this week. This Pittsburgh game, the Steelers-Ravens game, just got moved to Wednesday afternoon because it's an NBC game and they have the tree lighting ceremony at Rockefeller at night. Also... (laughs) There is going to be two Monday night games and then a Tuesday night Cowboys game. But the NFL is clearly doing everything in their power not to cancel games for whatever reason. They have like some thing about not canceling games, even though they were so stupid and didn't build in any extra bye weeks, which is why college football has actually been able to move on is because they cancel games. But the whole month of December was left open, as it is usually, for makeup games which it will be. That's why the Pac-12 is actually playing a lengthy schedule, even though they started halfway through October, is because they can play into December right up until the college football playoff. The NFL didn't build that in. I don't even know where I'm going with this. Oh, every week there's more and more cancellations. Like, not more, like, additional. Like, more as in more than the week before. We're not trending on the right path. And because of that, I don't see a lot of these bowl games playing. Most of them lose money or barely get fans anyway. I just don't see why a lot of them are going to end up happening. And honestly, I think, here's my prediction, and I hate to say it, but I think only the major bowl games will get played, like the top 10 or so. Or maybe just so the NY6 no games. I just don't see it happening. There's no so much. Curable. And trust me, I, I want to go to... I, think i don't want more football of course i do it it just 
with how many moving parts and stuff and the fact that we could barely get through a football season, which, by the way, props to the team, all the athletic trainers, all the front office staff, everyone in athletics, Orlando Health, literally everyone for sacrificing for us fans to make this football season happen. And not only that, but for us not missing any games. I mean, that's insane when you think about it. Almost everyone had a game canceled. Our cancellations were due to the overall COVID, but not because of any outbreaks on our team. And we're just lucky enough that other teams didn't have any either. So that's one really good takeaway. You know, we can whine about the three losses all we want. And trust me, I have, and I will continue to. But just the fact that we played every single game on our you know reduced schedule, I think is a huge win overall. Yeah, I think you might be onto something with the bowl games not being played. Dude, they just canceled the pinstripe bowl. Guys, I hate to say this, and I don't want to talk about COVID that much, but we were just here talking about this in March. What happened? An NBA game got canceled. Then the NBA season got canceled. Then college basketball, they canceled the season or they canceled the college tournaments and they canceled March Madness. The numbers are starting to go up. We're not doing anything. You can think it's a hoax or not. It doesn't matter. When the numbers get too high, more and more stuff gets canceled. I'm not smart. Well, I'm actually kind of smart. I don't know, but it's literally, it's right in front of us, guys. I don't think we're heading on a good path. Maybe, and it's not politics or anything like that. It just seems to me like these bowl games, which, I mean, ever since the playoff, the bowl games have really started to mean less and less and less. Um, I just don't see them happening. It just isn't, the, the risk-reward doesn't seem worth it. I don't know. We'll see. I hope I'm wrong. I always hope I'm wrong with stuff like this, but I guess we'll have to see what happens. Um, oh, another thing, too, another positive on the season. One of only, I don't know how many, we got to get our intern Drake on this, but we're one of the only, one of a few FBS schools to play an out-of-conference game at all. Let that sink in. Most schools only played in conference, and we got the luxury of not only having an out-of-conference game, an out-of-conference away game, which was Georgia Tech, and that was awesome. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, Yeah. It's pretty much all I got. Do you have any bowl projections or anything else football related before we move on? Well, I think the bowl projections are pretty much useless now since they're not going to be played, according to you. But um, <laughs> no, we have a few that I've scoured the internet for. And I can tell you right now that there's about five different websites that have us playing Liberty in the Boca Raton Bowl. Now, I've gone ahead and done a projected line for all three of our possible projected bowl opponents. So the first one is, if we do play Liberty in the Boca Raton Bowl, be UCF minus 13. Interesting. Another site has us against Buffalo in the Boca Raton Bowl, with us only getting seven points. Now, Buffalo, they are 4-0. And they're averaging like 55 points a game. They just put up 70 against a team. One of their running backs had like eight touchdowns. Um, yeah, I saw you know that. how good we are at our run defense. Oh, stellar. <laughs> stellar. So, 
only a seven point favorite we'd be. And then another site had us against Louisiana Lafayette in the Cure Bowl, where we'd be favored by seven points as well. So, Oof. I mean, all uh, those are kind of meh. Like, so no Liberty uh, Bowl, no as, Birmingham Bowl. We're too far down no. in the American standings. Yeah. Definitely nowhere near as excited as I was. Unless, though, unless last couple of weeks, teams might have COVID outbreaks. They might have COVID restrictions. They might not want to play. Team sources have told me that if the opportunity was presented to play a game, that the team and the coaches are willing to play and practice for it. They've had a couple days off to just relax and let loose and unwind after all of this, but they could be ready to go. Um, that obviously is all up to one man, Danny White, and if an opportunity presents itself and he says no, I stand by that man 100%. But Oh, so we could just pick a random team and play? I mean, so there's been rumors. So Miami had an open date. Uh, they ended up scheduling Duke or something, I think. Now they're saying some Pac-12 teams might need to because California's shutting down. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, the team is willing to do it. And if Danny wants, if Danny says no, then I trust him because he's going to do what's best for the school overall. But it's out there. I'm just saying, you never know. You never, never know. So I like where you're going with this. I do too. But we'll have to see. All right, let's do our first watch fresh take winner. Who scored the first touchdown? It was Bentavious Thompson, and I can't believe it. Got significantly fewer guesses this week. Don't know why, because it's free to guess. I think it it has to do with the holiday, probably. Like, everyone was driving to the game or just hungover slash still full from Thanksgiving. Even I forgot to guess. Um, well, there you go. I've been pretty good. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> but anyway, not a single person picked Bentavius Thompson, so I think we're going to roll the gift card over until the bowl game. Or I'd like to do a bowl pick'em challenge with all of our listeners, and we can give out some more gift cards, or we could throw it on a basketball. What do you think? All the above. I mean, I still have a decent bit of them. Okay. Let's do that for the, um, oh, oh, the pick'em challenge is going to be wild with COVID. Let's give one out to a random listener. What do you think? All right. How are we going to so decide? I, I'm going to open Come the- on, There's got to be some kind of game or, I don't know. Okay. How about this? If someone can guess my iPhone pin code. It's four digits and is UCF related. Guess my pin code. DM it to me. Four digits, UCF related. You win a gift card. All right. Hmm. Four digits. I don't know. 19s. Whenever we were. Whenever we found it. 1963. 1963. All right. Don't think about it too much because I don't want you to give anyone else ideas. This is. I'm actually very excited to see the guesses. So. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Might have just given out my debit card. <laughs> Been on the air too. <laughs> hey. All right. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Um. 
I guess it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the Week. Well, due to COVID, last week we had our second perfect week of the year. A big old 1-0 last week with our big win against, I called it, Rutgers plus 12.5 as they beat Purdue straight up. Dude, I've had a decent number of uh, double-digit dogs winning straight up this year. Yo, uh, Eagles just scored. The... But yeah, hey, <laughs> that might be the um, that might be the ticket this year. So Dude, my other two picks. What were... was the what was the Rutgers money line? It got had to have been like plus three hundred something like that. I don't know for a twelve and a half. Yeah, probably. I would say yeah, three 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 fifty ish. No, Noah Vedral Heisman. So it was weird. He actually didn't play. Oh, Heisman? He either got injured or had COVID. I don't know. I didn't go through the my whole handicap last week about was about how good Noah Vedral was. And then he didn't even play. There was two quarterbacks that played. Purdue was a little sloppy. But um yeah, I mean, you can imagine. I didn't really watch this game that much. Yeah. <laughs> so my other two picks were Virginia against FSU that got postponed due to COVID and FAU also postponed due to COVID. Now, hmm, my something interesting, something interesting I learned this week is I did not put any money on any single one of my picks. I just straight up did a parlay on all three. So what you, happens when a game is postponed due to COVID? You might ask. It's a push. So it's a push. Yeah. So, what happens? What happens when two of your three-leg parlay games are postponed due to COVID? Cancel. It is not. So the third leg, it actually reverts a three-team parlay back to a single-game bet at minus one ten. So oh, my Rutgers <laughs> bet minus one ten did pay out. So. Your parlay ended up being just a single game bet, so somehow it was just the same exact thing as if you would have normally bet. That's funny. Correct. Um, so, oh, anyway, real quick update on Noah Vedral. Shiano, being super secretive, did not disclose, but there was some kind of undisclosed injury for Vedral, but he's going to be back behind center and is progressing. But he's not specifying if he's going to play against Penn State. Thank you, Greg Schiano, for the uh, Bill Belichick response there. Yeah. Oh, dude, I Ved- what happened? Vedra wears number zero. That's so cool. Yeah. All right. So anyway, bettering my record this year to twelve nine and one on the year, much 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 improved coming into the bowl season. All right. This week, look, half the games are going to get canceled anyway due to COVID. So. Might as well just give you quality over quantity. I like got- quality. Speaking of quality, shout out to Iris, who came up and said hi to us after the game. Just wanted to throw that out there. She said she's a great listener, and I just wanted to give her a shout out. Thank you. If you guys ever see us, feel free to come up and chat and do whatever. We love it. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> we we like that. Um. So anyway, this week, we're going to take Tulsa minus 10 against navy look i've learned my lesson since week one navy is terrible (laughs) they only put up seven points against a memphis defense 
That means probably a shutout is going to happen versus Tulsa. Tulsa's Tulsa good. Tulsa quarterback Zach Smith and the Golden Hurricane, they're going to use this game as a tune-up for Cincinnati next week. And they're coming off essentially a bye week because last game, uh, the week prior, was canceled due to COVID. So I like Tulsa. I, I'm going to say I love Tulsa with this one. Minus 10 against Navy. I love I love that too. Tulsa's a good team. Navy is not a good team. And there's rumors. Handicapping 101. <laughs> Pick good teams, not bad teams. <laughs> um, plus their, um, their coach, Ken... Tupu, yeah, is uh rumored to be like a candidate for head coaching jobs other places. So never good for the locker room when that happens. Although worked out pretty good for us when that happened with Scott Frost. Anyway, what's your next pick? That's it. I only got one this year. Uh, this week. <laughs> Quality over quantity. Oh, I got distracted. Okay. Um all right, let's recap the pick. Tulsa, minus 10, love it, against Navy. Let's Let's get get that money. money. All right, last up, Moose Mailbag. Thank you guys for all your submissions. We try and answer them all. If we don't answer your question, it's because we already talked about it on the show and don't want to be redundant. What do you got, Moo? All right, first question is from MD Knight 2016. Surprise. It's got one one for football, one for basketball. Would scheduling and beating Miami next weekend completely turn around your thoughts on Josh Heupel? And since men's basketball starts tomorrow, slash today, and we won, what are your predictions on the season? Thoughts on UCF having a five-star player playing for us? So we talked about the Miami thing, but look, my thoughts on Heupel... I don't know. He's an offensive. I don't want to say guru because that works. Because you know, <laughs> you know who's an offensive guru who they who they who they've been saying is a guru for years. Quarterback guru, Adam Gase. <laughs> so I don't want to say right. that he's a great offensive coach, is what he is, and he you know doesn't control the defense, and it comes back to the whole are we tiring out the defense because the offense is so good? Thing. Look, I don't know what my stance on Hypel is if he wins I love him if he if we lose well you know how that goes um if we schedule any team and we beat them next week especially if it's a power five definitely um you know Hypel's in good for me I guess we'd say what do you think so I think it definitely wouldn't hurt you know any game scheduled after this is I mean yeah it's gonna count but sort of like an exhibition anyway because we're not really going to go to a different bowl or hell even we might not even play a bowl. So I guess it's more or less just for bragging rights and pride, but sure. It might, you know, it's not going to turn around the season, but it might put a nice spin on the end of our season and give us a little bit of momentum going into the off season. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And then the second part of the question, it's amazing having a five-star recruit. I wish I could find the box score. Apparently with ESPN Plus, you can just watch the game, but no statistics exist on the entire internet. So thank you for that. My predictions for the season, I think we make the tournament, if there is one. Knock on wood. 
I mean, our league now is a three or four bid league. You know, this isn't just a yep. one and done, uh, just a conference champion champion gets in. So we'll see. We got a tough conference. And that's good, though. We control but, our own destiny. I love that. We're in the rain. Santa's got the grips on the reindeer. And it makes the games more exciting. All right. Next question. All right. Next up is from Alex Bitter. Will UCF have the same coaching staff returning next year? If not, who do you foresee leaving slash being fired? Uh, you know, my first instinct is everyone will return. And I just think it's going to happen. Look, people don't like Randy Shannon because the defense gives up a lot of points. Yeah, I understand that. But I've had some time to calm down <laughs> over these last few days. And you got you to gotta see what, what he's working with, though. You know, how many opt-outs do we have? No Tay Gowan, no Bam Moore, uh, no Kalia Davis. Then the injuries piling up. I mean, we have two freshmen... Hodges and Thornton on the corners when you're playing in a pass happy, you know, time of football right now. That it's just like, like who has a good defense? Cincy. Okay. Well, they don't have two true freshmen like playing the corners. Yeah. It's, it just sucks. It, it sucks. Here's another factor too is compensation. Shannon is expensive. And also, I think someone's got to fall on the sword. Or maybe that's not the right analogy, but someone has to take the blame, I think. Six losses in two years. That ain't top 25 football. Danny White's always said we want to be a top 25 team, and we haven't been for the last two years. And you can say what you want about, you know, oh, we set the bar. didn't Didn't we finish 25th last year? thought we did i don't know but we're we're probably not this year we got one ap vote we're like 36th regardless though it's not up to our standard sorry the bar's been raised i I hate i mean you know i love the old time fans you guys have been through so much and it's incredible but i mean conference championship game is the minimum expectation come on i don't think that's being too ridiculous my6 is the goal well, we got to at least get to the conference championship game. I don't know. I just think someone's got to take the blame after two slightly disappointing seasons and uh, being a little sarcastic when I say slightly. Uh, Yeah. All right. Next up, what do you got, Moo? All right. This next one is from CK Oof. Probably pronounced that wrong. But uh, <laughs> what do you think needs to be the biggest focus in the offseason? Also, what are your bold predictions? Oh, that's Costas. He's Greek. Oh. It's like uh, Costas Kufistapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapapap
high school football, like 1A through like 7 or 8A or whatever the heck it is now, it's impossible to tell if someone's going to be good or not anymore. And UCF's proven time and time again that we can get four-star recruits in their bus and turn two-star recruits into juniors leaving college early for the NFL. I don't waste my time with recruiting. But that wasn't even the question. Why did I go off on that? <laughs> I have no idea. What are you thinking? What are your ball predictions? What? No, hold on. What do you think we focus on in the offseason, Moo? I think we need to, gosh, I don't know, see how to fill the holes left by, I think, the running backs. Dude, if Otis and McCray both decide to leave, which, I mean, they're both seniors, that pretty much leaves us from Batavius Thompson and then a stable full of, you know, they're talented guys, but they're, they're all freshmen. You know, Demarius Good, Johnny Richardson, like Trillian Coles coming back off the injury. Trillian Coles will be coming. Oh, back, we're fine. But I'm just saying, like, we're fine. We are fine. Listen to the names you just rattled off. You know those guys are studs, and Bentavious is a bruiser. And we haven't had a guy like that, I think, since Taj. And we didn't really use him that way. I'm excited for Bentavious to possibly be our featured back next season. And all right, bowl predictions. If you've been listening. Um, I don't think there's going to be bowls. What do you think? But if there is, we're probably going to go to the Boca Raton bowl and I will not be going because I'm sticking to my guns. And like I said, ever since two years ago, I'll never go to FAU stadium ever again after that debacle. When are those bowls? It's only like a Tuesday, seven o'clock. Perfect. That for you. (laughs) Tuesday, December 22nd at 7 p.m. Yeah, that's a no for me. And the Cure... Cure Bowl is the day after Christmas. Cure Bowl, day after Christmas. Great. I have <laughs> Another no for me. It's the first time I have all my family in Florida. I guarantee you that's not what they want to do. But screw it, I'll be there. <laughs> Sorry, Mom. All, all right. right. Next question. Next question is from Nug Get Hyped. I asked before, but maybe better now at end of season. With some surprising losses, players kicked off team. First and 30s from false starts. And now way too close on, on the war on I-4. Does this season hurt the UCF football brand in the public's eye? No, I, I don't think any of those reasons really do. I mean, for the most part, you know, people just see that we lost a couple games and it's like, oh, well, you know, we don't have to care about UCF anymore. People were only caring, unfortunately. <laughs> like, people were only starting to see what we were doing when we went undefeated. You know, am I right? Yeah, no, you're right. Great question, by the way. My answer is it absolutely does not. And here's exactly why they were still talking about us on college game day, Saturday. Thank yep. you, thank you, Danny White. Like, we are the standard. And Luke Fickle said it before the Cincinnati game. He said, the road to the conference championship goes through UCF every year. Those might not be his exact words, but that's what someone told me, so that's what I'm going with. And it's 100% true. Our brand is absolutely fine. We put up a ton of points. We almost set FBS all-time records for our offense this year. The brand is strong, baby. I'm excited for next season. Bring on Boise. Absolutely. All right. Next question. 
All right, this one comes from Rejoice Knights. How many players that could leave do you think will stay due to an extra year of eligibility due to COVID? Another great question, and I think we're going to dive into this a little bit more next episode. We actually have an NFL agent that represents a UCF player joining our show, which is going to be a lot of fun. But to answer your question, it's tough. I mean, I think... So there's been one, Jake Hescock, who's already said that he would be coming back next year. So we've got at least one. So, I mean, Grant's gone. I think Harris is gone. I think Otis is probably gone. And, again, if I say I think someone's going to come back, it's not a knock on their talent. I could see McCray coming back. You know, he was a walk-on. And he hasn't had as much of a spotlight as Otis has. Not nearly as much. So if there is was a situation for a guy that's extremely talented, that's a senior, that's put up good numbers, to come back, I think with him being a walk-on, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys. I, I don't know. That's a tough question. I don't know. Moo, what are your thoughts? I think you've got to be kidding me when you say Greg McRae hasn't been in the spotlight. Kid's a stud. He is a stud, but they don't talk about him on the broadcast like they do with Otis. That's what I mean. Oh, how many times? Well, have, how many times have you heard the Swiss Army knife thing? Yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> that's what that's what I mean. Of course, we all know him. But outside of the UCF bubble, he's not gotten nearly as much attention as Otis when he's very, very talented like Otis is. That That's kind of what my point was. Look, his career year was in 2018. Had 1,182 yards, led the team, 10 touchdowns. And... You know, the touchdowns were still there the last two years with seven and nine, but the yardage was way down. Obviously, you know, with the emergence of Bentavious, they're sort of a three-headed back for the last two years. And he had Killens, you know, for 19 and 18 as well. I think if Greg McRae gave it just one more year to where he could be the feature back and Otis goes to the NFL – I think he could really shine and have a career year. I agree. I agree. But if he decides to take that next step, I'll be, you know, his biggest supporter as well. No matter what he decides, whether it's to to leave or to stay, his days of playing football are definitely not over. And he's such a good kid, too. All right. Next question from Nico K. Rico. If Heupel does not win a conference championship next season, does he get fired? Follow up to that, does Dylan Gabriel lack the clutch gene that KZ had? So, I don't think Heupel's going to get fired. I really don't think he is, pretty much, no matter what. I mean, he's locked in. Yeah, I understand the buyout goes down a little bit, and people are pissed off, you know, that we lost three games, but we also don't have any money. Hey. We just had the, we just lost a shit ton of money due to COVID. Um, I don't know how many years are left on Heupel's contract, but I really don't think it matters how if he loses every game next year. Whoa, not that's gonna happen. But I'm just saying, like, it's stupid to think about it. Like, 
Dude, if he's Hy- not gonna go anywhere. If Hypo loses every game, <laughs> promote I don't know the offensive quality control coach to head coach. <laughs> I mean, it can't be worse than losing <laughs> every game. Now, so yeah, this is kind of a tough question because I mean, we could not win the conference championship, and that means we're like ten and one and lost in double overtime versus Memphis or something. Or we could not win the conference championship because we didn't get there and had three losses. And it really depends on the scenario, you know? There's so many different ways that could happen. I think just overall, if we have another season like this, and again, COVID's going to be a factor, but if everything's back to normal ish, I don't know. I mean, the season wasn't that bad. We just had three losses. With double-digit leads to, <laughs> to teams we were favored against, I think. Well, two of the two right. of them we were yeah. favored. Yeah, two of them. Anyway, and one, and we'll one was talk the, about it forever. One, it's one, not going to happen. And one was the number seven team in the nation, and we blew up. Ah, dang it. Okay, second part to the question, does DG lack the clutch gene? I'm going to do air quotes, even though they weren't on the question, that KZ had. I think that's a bit of an offen- an offensive question there, Nico. Look, no one has a clutch gene. You just either like have it or you don't. Did what you, KZ Did you not watch the MJ documentary? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm just messing. But what KZ had was, you know, and what he has is something special. And KZ is like a once in a lifetime player. And I mean, it sucks that we have to keep comparing everything that DG does to KZ, but he's basically the same person when you think about it. (laughs) Hawaiian quarterback, same high school, broke all the same records. You know, so Dylan will forever be, you know, put up against KZ. But it's not fair. You're right. I don't think it's fair. They're not the same player. They're both. They both have their strengths and weaknesses. Besides a lot of the things that you just mentioned, they're actually really different players. They're both I mean, when have... you watch them on the field for sure. Yeah. All right. So one thing, I mean, when you say clutch gene, here's the thing: KZ won us some games that were like back and forth, and he came through at the end. And, you know, he stepped up at the Peach Bowl. DG like got us up a crap ton in games, and then again, not blaming the defense, but for whatever reason. The, the other team came back, and then the ball was just in DG's hands with literally no time left trying to maybe kind of tie it or score it or something, which he actually did score against Cincinnati when we were down 10 on the away game last year. So it's like it's different. Like DG's having to be clutch was like during these huge letdowns. It wasn't during like these back-and-forth battles. Yeah. It, it's just it, – it's not fair to compare them. And we honestly, guys, let's stop comparing them. They are both great in their own ways. They're both going to be goats of UCF. Obviously, DG has not accomplished as much as McKenzie, but he's put up way bigger numbers. So, you know, like I said, they both have their own strengths. Let's stop doing the comparison thing. Let them both be great. Yeah, for the last two seasons, name like one back and forth battle. It's not. 
there wasn't one. Yeah, it's uh, th- honestly it's the just game different. this past week was the only one that I could think of where we were going like score for score or stop for stop. And that was only in the second half. Yeah, it was. It so, was very entertaining. All right, real quick. Next question from Festive Andrew Franklin: What team slash role will we see Milton in come August? We already talked about this a little bit. You think he's going to go to Ole Miss? I think he's going to go to Nebraska, and he's going to be a quarterback. Here's one thing I I will guarantee you: lock of the century, Mackenzie Milton will be starting somewhere in August. Yeah, I would take that bet. All right, guys, let's wrap this up. A little built by UCF update. What the heck happened to the Broncos? So, uh, what's his face? Driscoll tested positive for COVID. And then, so the NFL has access to all of the security footage of like all the different NFL facilities. And at some point, Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, and Bortles were all in contact with Driscoll without their masks. And there's a rule that even if they test negative, they have to quarantine for five days. And for whatever reason... The NFL, even though they pushed the Steelers-Ravens game from Thanksgiving Thursday now till Wednesday afternoon, almost a week, couldn't postpone the Broncos game one day even and made them start a wide receiver quarterback. I don't know, very weird, but very interesting story to come out of this is offensive quality control coach Rob Calabrese, former UCF Knight, the Broncos actually asked the NFL if he could start because they said he knew the offense better than anyone else. And he actually ran scout team quarterback. And the NFL said no. Because technically, if you sign anyone off the streets, they have to do a seven-day quarantine. But a double UCF story there. God dang it, Blake. If you just wore your freaking mask, you could have started. Yeah, that's that sucked, man. <laughs> Too bad for Calabrese. I, I know. remember him too. Could you, dude? Could you freaking? I have a, I have a Calabrese game worn jersey. Could you imagine if he actually got to start? And he probably wouldn't have done that well. No offense to him, but it's the NFL. I mean, look at the guy that went in. He had, uh, he had <laughs> one he had, of nine, one of nine <laughs> with twelve yards and two big. interceptions. Yeah, I mean, but oh, dude, just the UC, the Salvo. I'm like, everyone's probably on vacation right now. Short vacation, end of regular season, no conference championship. DeSalvo would have been. <laughs> he would have had to work being like overdrive with all the, uh, you know, the content possibilities of that happening. That or Bortles. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but still a, uh, a pretty funny story. Uh... Hey, Gabe Davis continuing to show his dominance over Van Jefferson who was picked two rounds earlier than him. However, Van has yet to find the end zone. And Gabe Davis now has four touchdowns on the year. One of the only people in the NFL to catch a touchdown from Cole Beasley. <laughs> and he also mossed the crap out of some other guy in a play that I think I got called back on a penalty. Also, the Tay Train, which maybe I'm new here. Have you seen his little Tay Train celebration? He does like, dude, he does like, it's either like a T, this is bad, bad podcasting, you know, like a T, if you put your hand up, like, like you're doing a timeout, but into your forearm, right? 
So time mm-hmm. out, but not your palm, your forearm. So he does that twice and then does like the conductor choo-choo pull or something. <laughs> Tay train? I'll tweet out the video. But anyway, he rushed for over 100 yards, two touchdowns in aforementioned game against Denver, which, again, why didn't they postpone it? What was it, like 38-28-3 or something? It was yeah, just an awful, no awful product, but yet Steelers and Raiders are moved back, or Steelers and Ravens are moved back. Uh, Another good game was Brashad Perryman for the Jets. I mean, poor guy. Has Sam Darnold throwing in the ball and at, still making some acrobatic it's catches. Not that. It's Adam Gase calling the plays, leading the team. 0-12. Yikes. Speaking of 0-12... Not quite, not quite. I'm 0-11, and, and we're actually, right now it's halftime of the Monday night game. Let's check the score because everyone cares about my fantasy team. But it's actually, I feel like someone entered. Yo, I'm up. I'm up six on Becker. Dallas Goddard with the touchdown. We're still not going to know because of this game. Move back to Wednesday, though. Ouch. Like what if the uh yeah you pretty much have got it yeah I oh, think if I they won. cancel it nah uh, you still won. I'm still I'm still up six unless DK Metcalf you're gonna does win crazy. first win in my defense though I've had fourteen hundred and ninety eight points scored against me and this is a half PPR league in all three of my other leagues which are full PPR no team has had over fourteen hundred ninety eight points scored against them so I've really got dealt a bad hand. And also, my first three draft picks were, like, out for the entire season. Anyway, no one cares about your fantasy team, but it is kind of funny that I was 0-11. Uh, oh, last little segment, geography probs. Okay, so this is funny, um, I guess. So there's two Kansas cities, apparently. I am going to a wedding this weekend in Kansas City, Missouri. And... Uh, the person I'm going with kept saying, like, don't book the wrong Kansas City. Don't book the wrong Kansas City because there's a Kansas City in Kansas. So I was like, what? That makes even everyone knows that, that there's two Kansas cities. You know that, right, Moo? Yeah. Okay. But did you know they're actually not really two separate cities? They're literally one big city separated by a river, but they're just in different states. But there's no, like, I couldn't accidentally fly into Kansas City, Kansas. It's one airport. I'll save that. I did not know. Yeah. See? Geography prob. I just knew it was like on the other side of the state. I knew there was two. St. Louis is. I knew, I knew there was a Kansas City, Kansas, and I knew there was a Kansas City, Missouri. And they are technically separate, and I'm sure they have their own separate stuff, but it's literally one big demographic area. It's like like Orlando and Sanford, but kind of the same size. Um yeah, so I don't know. You know, I figured throughout these last couple years of podcasting, you know, there was the whole I thought Marshall was in Texas thing. There's been some other geography things that are funny. So I figured um, geography probs going to be a once in a while segment where I learned something kind of stupid, kind of interesting about geography, and I share it with you guys. So that is geography probs. I can see this being a weekly occurrence <laughs> here. Uh, Anyways. Got anything else? Um, Now, wrapping it up, just wanted to make sure everyone goes out and grabs a bite to eat at my favorite breakfast and lunch spot, First Watch, where I always get the two for Moo. 
my favorites are the chicken avocado chop salad and the roast beef Lombardi sandwich. Second choice would definitely be the award-winning chicky changa. How about you? So I'm kind of a little, a little basic with this. A little roast beef and Havarti with a little tom- tomato basil soup. You know, it's low calorie. That's a classic. Yeah, and I mean, especially you're talking... with this cold front, cold front coming up. Exactly, get a little sippy sippy on the soup. <laughs> yeah, those are my favorites for the two for move. But really, no matter what, whether it's the superfood kale, the Cobb salad, honey sweet pecan soup of the day, you can't go wrong with the two for move. It's the best deal on the menu for lunch. At the official breakfast and lunch spot, and our personal favorite, First Watch, thank you guys for being our sponsors. Did you have a good Thanksgiving, by the way, before we let go? I did have a good Thanksgiving. Um, watched a little bit of football, you know, prepped for uh, the week. First four-day weekend I've had in, I think, almost six years. You know, I always go to the uh, war on I-4, usually I have to work, get up super-duper early in the morning work and then go to the game. But you know what? Now that I got this uh, new promotion, I can uh, pretty much give myself the day off. So I had a nice, had a nice four day weekend. Felt great. Well earned dude, especially with how hard you've been working and and I'm not being facetious. I mean that seriously. Very, very well deserved. Uh, Yeah. My Thanksgiving was good. Had the good old, not awkward, mom dad and stepmom and me uh no it's seriously (laughs) i'm seriously very thankful that i have a family situation where everyone gets along and i thought it might possibly be the three of them ganging up on me for being 31 single and i don't know whatever i'm doing a podcast um but actually we kind of just made fun of my dad the whole time and it was fun (laughs) (laughs) uh you you know my dad very well um all right Last thing, real quick, since you are a Budweiser distributor, I just discovered the Bud Light Seltzer 12-pack. What are your rankings on the four flavors? We got cranberry, apple crisp, ginger, and peppermint, peppermint patty. Peppermint patty, yeah. What are, you, yes, what are your I rankings? I think you're referring to the limited edition ugly sweater pack. Oh, yeah, 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 the ugly sweater pack. So this was pretty interesting when this first was announced coming out back in like may i think everyone at work was like oh that there's no way that's gonna sell you know it's a little bit of a novelty item but the flavors sound horrible they sound awful Uh, we were sold out in two days that was it it's all gone so you might be able to find it some places i know surprisingly cbs uh yeah, had a mandated um, buy-in on those, so and they're not too busy of stores. So if you are still looking for it, check your local CVS. Um, I gotta be honest, I haven't tried it yet. Oh wow, okay, so interesting. I'm sipping on a ginger snap right now, actually. That's what brought that up. Um, they're all pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah, they're all pretty good. So in order of least favorite to most favorite, uh. I'd probably go with the cranberry last just because it kind of tastes like the raspberry of the, you know, every other seltzer that we're used to. Then I go with apple just because it's, again, kind of fruity. Peppermint patty. Dude, when you crack that thing open, even if it's by your waist, you can get like the, you can get the cheap restaurant little peppermint smell in your nose. Wow. Really? Like, it's very strong, strong, which can be misleading. 
It's actually delicious. And so is the ginger snap. And actually, I think the ginger snap would make a good Moscow mule mix. Um, Might want to try that. But anyway, they're all really good. So definitely a fan of the sweater pack. And you should get some. And you were right. CVS is the only place that has them. So definitely limited edition. Good to know. Yep. Uh, All right. You got anything else? No, I think that's it. Um, Look forward to looking forward to having our bowl pick them challenge. If bowl games actually happen, a couple episodes that we'll be having in the near future, just because football season's over doesn't mean the podcast is over. We always do an NFL draft special. Um, basketball looks pretty promising. We'll, we'll continue to follow that. We got some good guests lined up too. Like I said, next week's going to be NFL agent of a UCF player. That's going to be an awesome one. Guarantee it. Maybe up there with Jesse Wolf. So we'll see. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at MoneyMooUCF, at UCF underscore problems. Same on Instagram as well. Please leave us a review on iTunes and tell a friend if you really like us. Go Knights. Charge on. Domination. Domination.